Thanks for tuning in to the Trinity Church Nottingham podcast. It's great to have you with us. My name is Amy, and together with my husband, Johnny, we lead the church here in Nottingham, England. Our vision is to see the church on fire and the city alive. And if we can help you in any way at all, feel free to get in touch and email us at info at Okay, let's jump into the podcast. This is my dad's coat. He wore it all the time. And uh, for the attentive amongst you, you'll be able to see the Mitchell and Tyres logo stitched into the fabric. Other tyre companies are available. Um, but my dad worked for Michelin uh, his whole life, most of his adult life. And this is one of my favourite things. A couple of weeks ago, Kate and I were on holiday in Scotland. And like an adult, I got concerned about the condition of the tyres on our car. Particularly as we were going to be doing a bit of a road trip and a lot of driving over the following week. So again, like an adult, I took it to a local garage to make sure that everything was okay. Before I did this though... And I'm really, really not joking here. I strategically laid this Michelin tyres coat out on the back seats of our car, making sure that the Michelin logo was clearly visible. Now, you might be asking yourself, why would I do such a thing? And it's a good question. And I will be honest with you, church. I'll be honest with you today. This is confession time. I am a young man with little to no knowledge about all things automotive, cars, motorcycles, mechanics, and I'm deeply insecure about it. That's the truth. I'm deeply insecure about it. And so I spread this jacket down out over the back seats in the hope that it would give me some kind of authority in the eyes of whoever would be taking a look at our car that day. Because surely no one with a Michelin tyres jacket on their back seat could know nothing about cars especially not about tyres. Surely they'd welcome me in as part of the gang and say, we're not going to overcharge you. In fact, you can have mates rates that we give to all of us motor enthusiasts. I desperately wanted authority and all I had was a coat. I'm going to take this off now. It's very hot in here. This um, wasn't unlike many of the religious leaders and experts of Jesus' day. You know, in the scripture that Kim just read to us, we are thrown right into the action. And we see Jesus freeing a man who has been oppressed by an impure spirit. And we're not told how long for, but it could have been years. This man for years in pain and torment, excluded from society, tortured in his mind and body every waking hour. And Jesus turns up on the scene and in a moment frees the man from his oppression. The demon goes running. You know, as Johnny said last week, Jesus shows true authority. He shows us as the Messiah who is able to act immediately on his promises, this time to set the oppressed free. And yet the casting out of a spirit or exorcism or deliverance ministry or whatever you want to call it, wouldn't have been the exceptional part of this story. You know, we know in Jesus' day that within Judaism and outside of it, we read this in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, there were people who practiced deliverance ministry, who practiced casting out spirits. The difference was that unlike these people, Jesus actually does it. And more than that, he drives out the demon with a single, simple command. 
You know, unlike the religious leaders of the day, there was no ritual here. We've just read it. There's no ritual here, is there? There's no burning of incense and reciting of religious texts. There's no liturgy. There's no entourage of spiritual experts to provide backup in case it goes wrong. There was none of that. There were just Jesus' direct words to this man, looking him in the eyes and saying, come out of him and the spirit being cast out. You know, we're told that the people around watching this were amazed and we can imagine that. We can imagine what they were saying to one another. At least I can, I can, I can hear them saying, you know, who is this man that can cast out demons without any of that religious fluff, but just with a single word? Who is this man who, who can bring freedom in a moment? He's not dressed like a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He's wearing normal clothes and yet sets the oppressed free. The religious leaders of our day, uh, they long for this kind of power. They long for the power to do this, but all they have is ritual. They're desperate for authority, and all they've got is a coat. Last week, Johnny taught us on the authority of Jesus and our call as the church to walk in Jesus' authority and power, which, which first and foremost looks like us forsaking all our attempts to find life outside of him. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be continuing in the Gospel of Luke, but really expanding on this main core message, looking at different ways that Jesus displays his authority and what it means, what it looks like for us as his disciples to carry his authority today to become the church that we're called to be. And we see here this authority, unlike the deliverance experts of the day. In our story, we see that Jesus doesn't derive his authority from a ritual or even a Michelin coat. But he himself, Jesus the man, the person of Jesus, he had authority. He was the Messiah anointed by the Spirit of God to carry the power and authority of God. Whatever Jesus did, wherever he was, whoever he went to, he carried authority because it was in him. And the wild, mind-blowing thing is that Jesus calls his disciples and calls you and me, that's his church, to carry this authority today. To function in this same Authority, a people filled with his spirit, overflowing with Jesus, whatever we do, wherever we are. And I want to look just um, quickly over the next few minutes at one way that this authority is talked about in the Bible from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. It says this if you've got your Bibles on you, open them up. Uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. St. Paul says this. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God amongst those who are being saved and amongst those who are perishing. Paul writes here that the church, that Jesus' church, are called to carry his fragrance. That through us, God wants to pour out his aroma, awaken people to his kingdom in the world around us. And notice what Paul says here. In Christ leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. 
Just take a moment to think about that. What Paul's saying is that God wants to do this through us everywhere, which means nowhere is excluded. We're called to smell of God wherever we are. And I've been thinking this week about these words, fragrance and aroma and smell. And we all know the power of smell, don't we? My wife, Kate, certainly does. For better or for worse. One of the main reasons I kept this coat after my dad died was because it smelt of him. It was comforting to me. It evoked within me memories of times that we had had together. It reminded me of home. It awakened me to think about those things. And this is what smell does. It awakens us. You know, scientists say that of all of our senses, smell is our sense that, that, that um, best triggers in our minds memories. It awakens memories in our minds. You know, for anyone who's seen any cowboy movie ever, you'll know that smelling salts can awaken people from an unconscious state. But smell also awakens us to home. Like I said, we've just been on holiday and there's always that moment, I don't know if you, you feel the same, but where you walk in your door after some time away and you just, the, the smell of your house, you know like that kind of, that sort of smell that you make? For, for better or worse, I already said that. But let's, let, let's say in, in the good sense, that smell that, that, you, that just exudes from your home that you get back from holiday and you just walk in the front door and you're like, ah, oh, I'm home. Maybe for some of you, you came back from holiday with like a block drain or something, so that's not quite as good an example. But maybe it's family at Christmas. You go back to your parents' house or a best friend's house and you walk in the door at Christmas and you can smell the cooking and you see uh, your parents in, in the other room and you just think, I'm home. The smell awakens you to your home. And so I don't think it's an accident that Paul uses this word, smell, fragrance, aroma, when talking about the authority that Jesus' followers are supposed to carry in the world. To be a fragrance that awakens those around us to the kingdom of God, wherever, whenever. You know, a, a fragrance that doesn't just awaken people to their physical homes that we just talked about, but awakens people to their eternal home in God. You know, not, not a fragrance that like smelling salts just arouses people from unconsciousness, but awakens them from death to life, that the light of Christ would shine upon them. You know, did you know that this is what we're called to do? As Jesus Church, this is what we're called to do. We're supposed to live lives that constantly, irrepressibly, passionately awaken people to God, to his goodness, to his love, to his freedom, to his kingdom. You know, we, 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 I believe by, by God's grace that he can use even the worst of circumstances and work them for the good. I mean, God uses even our work of nailing him to a cross to direct salvation into our lives. I believe that he can do that. Of course he can use circumstance. But how much more is it Jesus' desire that his church live in a constant state of intimacy with him that is always awakening the world to him? Scattered across the city, gathering, taking communion, worshipping together, going to work, sitting in coffee shops, having conversations on the beach. Is that not Jesus' vision for the church? He'll use circumstances, but he'd much rather use you and me. And I've been thinking this week about what it'd be for me to believe that. You know, I'm an activist 
Often when I preach these sermons, I'm talking about, you know, getting out there and praying for people and spreading the gospel. And I will preach that until the day that I'm an old man. But I've been thinking this week about what this means, even without words or actions. For me to believe that that, that in intimacy with Jesus, I am his aroma. Through him, he wants to spread his fragrance into this city. Would it not give me a greater hunger to pray around my neighborhood? Imagining a fragrance being left as I walk past doorways and bus stops, as I sit in coffee shops. That as I worship in, in my study at home, the smell of God, the smell of his holiness is just wafting out into our neighborhood. That when I'm sitting with a grieving friend and all the words that, that I think I should say just become ash in my mouth, somehow, by just being in the room and worshiping Jesus, there is Jesus like a fragrance taking authority and bringing renewal to that person's heart and their mind. You know, I heard a story recently, read a story, in fact, that I think makes this point better than I ever could as we come into land. Let me read this to you. Robert Cornwall was the pastor of a small church in Salem, Oregon. He decided to volunteer some of his time to offer counseling at a nearby state mental institution. His first assignment was Building 37, a room that housed 37 of the most severely mentally disturbed patients. The guard escorted Robert to the building and unlocked the door to a padded cell containing half-clothed patients incapacitated by their drugs with excrement all over the room. When he tried to talk with the patients, all he got was groans and grunts. The Holy Spirit prompted him to sing over the patients, So he found a space on the floor free from the excrement and urine and started singing, Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. He sang that one refrain for a full hour before the guard unlocked the door to collect him. He returned the following week and the week after. And on the third week, whilst he sat on the floor singing the same refrain, a large lady approached him and began circling him like a predator circling prey. Robert carried on singing, and the lady eventually sat down next to him and joined the chorus. Week by week, the patients joined in with the singing, and by the end of the month, 36 of the patients had been transferred from Building 37 to a self-help ward. And by the end of the year, all but two had been released from the mental institution. Many of them began worshipping at Robert's local church. Isn't that incredible? Is that not a story of someone who is spreading the fragrance of Christ, seeking God, making God their deepest joy and their greatest desire, just worshipping him in that room, knowing that Jesus was taking authority and bringing renewal. But we can only smell of Jesus if we learn to be with him. We can only smell of Jesus if we learn to be with him, to seek him, We can only carry his authority if we continually surrender and say with open hands, not my will, but yours be done. And when we learn to be with him, we will find that he will work through us. He'll pour out his aroma through us, his authority through us. Not by our endless effort, but by his 
endless grace. A church of empty vessels that can be filled to overflow with his aroma. Do you want that? I want that. I want that for us. I want that for our church. Thanks for listening to some of our teaching here at Trinity. We hope it's blessed you. If you live in the city or live outside of Nottingham and want to connect more with the church, check out some of our practices and pathways on our website. We call them one, few, company, and many. We're passionate about encountering Jesus, becoming like him, and doing the things that he did, both individually and in our lives together, so that we may see the church on fire and the city come alive. You can find these on our website under the Connect tab. Thanks for listening. Thank you.